You're listening to the Spandex Power Armor Podcast, the original cult of Jason David Frank. Hello and welcome to the Spandex Power Armor Podcast, now with 100% more spandex in the Power Rangers movie. This episode is sponsored by tokutoystore.com no. when you want Shh. to... Our new Lords and Masters are Krispy Kreme. It's a special place. You've been watching the Power Rangers movie, haven't you? No, I've been watching the Krispy Kreme movie. Featuring the Power Rangers. And so our non-donut overlords are tokutoystore.com. They've got a lovely selection of Kamen Rider stuff. They've even got some of the stuff from Blade coming in. And generally a nice selection of toys. Do you reckon if they did a uh, an edgy wizard reboot, the Krispy Kremes would sponsor that one as well? We really need to get Krispy Kreme out of your head. And yes, obviously. Can you name any other name brand donuts organization. A lot anymore. That's because Big Donut wants you to only think there's Krispy Kreme. There is only Krispy Kreme. Thank you, Power Rangers movie. You've uh, brainwashed my colleague. I'm going to pick some donuts up after this. Want some? I'm good, thanks. I'm good, thanks, mate. After the gulag, then. Anyway, so in this episode, we will be comparing Power Rangers movies. In this case, the 1995 abomination that is the Mighty... What is it? Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie? Yeah, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie. And the 2017 abomination that is Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. No, no, it's called Saban's Power Rangers Saban's Power Rangers. Remember, it belonged to Saban. It's Saban only. Saban's mass riders. Saban's VR troopers. Saban's bathroom. You know those little uh, label makers you get where you can kind of emboss your own little labels and stick them on things? He has one of those and just labels everything Saban. Yeah, Saban's desk, Saban's computer, Saban's wife. Hello, I'm Haim Saban and welcome to my intellectual property. You are now mine. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be the mine song from Lazy Town. I need to get some footage of interviews with him and just just (laughs) mix it. No, just Photoshop um, Hamza Barnes' face onto the uh, music video. Anyway, so, so just that's to... uh, burnt any chance we have of getting Hamza Saban on this or any any recognition from him. I love you, Saban. <laughs> Until we sue everyone. Remember, Spandex Power Armors, who's everybody? Yes, the movie. including Saban. He's the final boss. So anyway, as a heads up, there will be spoilers for both movies, although there's not real value in there's not learning much anything. To spoil. Now, the reason we're not doing um, Turbo or Power Rangers movie in this is because that doesn't adapt the... Um, you know, the, anything with a Ranger, Mighty Morphin stuff, it's completely different, so there's not really that much to compare aside from it being another Power Rangers film. And I really, really don't want to watch it because it's got a space Muppet in it. We don't talk about Larigo. We do. Oh, you know what he reminded me of? Like a crappy knockoff of, uh, of Station from uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus oh, Journey. Oh, God, you're right. Yeah, right. Man, didn't they reuse the suit for Dark Spectre? Uh, oh, oh, the uh, the big villain in that. Uh, I can't remember what it was called. It began with an M. But yeah, they reused the suit for that as um, for Dark Spectre. Which is weird because they didn't do anything to it. It was just literally the suit. If, if they didn't call him Dark Spectre instead of... Whatever, it began with an M, I swear to God. Power Rangers budget crisis. <laughs> well, yeah, that's pretty much been the theme of the entire series. And so we will be starting with the 1995 Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie and we'll start off with a summary of the plot. What little there is. It's not a very deep film. It starts off with the, the Rangers being extreme. Doing extreme sports such as... Sky... Boarding. Okay, so they're doing a charity skydiving event in order to save an observatory, and Tommy, well, Jason David Frank in Jason David Frank the movie, starring Jason David Frank. And Jason David Frank as Jason David Frank. Remember that. Also introducing Jason David Frank as his uh, most well-known role of Jason David Frank. Feet Jason David Frank and some other people, but mostly Jason David Frank. Produced by Jason David Frank and written by Jason David Frank. (laughs) Saban's Jason David Frank. (laughs) 
Anyway, go, so go Jason Rangers. Saban's, Saban's Jason David Frank decides to go <laughs> skydiving with a snowboard. The team start performing skydiving tricks where... Extremely. Extremely, yeah. <laughs> Obviously not stunt actors. I know, definitely not stock footage either. Yeah, so everyone else is doing general flips No and green stuff. screens involved either. And Saban's Jason David Frank is doing like snowboarding tricks. Because he's just so damn cool. He is so extreme. Do I you think, guys love him yet? I think Love I, him. I, I think he love asked him. for that. Oh, yes, definitely. So, yeah, Saban's Jason David Frank and some other people who I guess are the Power Rangers. Are they? Um, yeah, I think so. Because I thought they just kind of left and then Jason David Frank brought in the uh, the Jason David Franks to take on the roles for them. Is that not what happens in the show? Well, let's see. Jason David Frank and Rangers. See, see, no, no, you, I... you got red Jason David Frank, you got blue Jason David Frank, you got pink Jason David Frank, yellow Jason uh, David Jason Frank. David J. Ja- oh, imagine David Jason. <laughs> David just to- Jason no, no, no. It's like a reality show. David David Jason must live among several Jason David Franks without revealing his true identity. So, are you saying David Jason, the old guy who is in Only Fools and Horses, yes. trying to pretend to be the Green Power Ranger? <laughs> Lovely jubbly. You know, you know what I mean. Like, you got five Jason David Franks, and then you got one Jason David Frank who's like Jason David Frank Prime. Okay, and so the it's so the- Jason Prime. Yeah. We'll call him Jason Prime from now. No, no, no. Saban's Jason Prime. So the other lesser Saban's Jasons in turn just landed like, yeah, they did it. They've raised money. Then Saban's Jason Prime decides to Coming land on his snowboard. snowboard. And uh, I don't know, there's a subplot where some kid's like, my dad is lame, sees Saban's Jason David Frank. You and he's what? like, oh, you're so cool, Saban's David, Jason David Frank. I love you, Saban's Jason David Frank. Please love me too. You know what I did at high school? I skydive. Skydove? Skydived for uh, for charity events all the time. I did loads of charity work that involved extreme sports. Is that what you did in high school? Well, I wasn't as ripped as Saban's Jason David Frank. You mean this is not a normal thing for people to do, to skydive in high school for charity no. events? No, no, we used to skive. There's a different thing. Oh, we that's education, what we did. Oh. And so we and didn't na- have the grades to go to college, and that's why we're here doing a podcast on Power Rangers. Right. We skived in high school. I remember it differently. Maybe it was all the glue. <laughs> when I huff glue, I feel like Jason David Frank. <laughs> that's how old Jason David Frank feels like young J- Jason David Frank. At this point, Jason David Frank is sounding strange. So yeah, there's that. They do their sports, their stunts. Extreme. Kid is like, oh, Tommy, I love you. Have my babies or <laughs> Not be like my, my dad. dad who's lame. This is a 90s movie by all standards. And then I think they were Bulk and Skull and they just... They were there. As, oh, man, they, they were not in there enough. Why do they even bother shipping the two actors out to Australia to film this? It's, it's weird that they bothered because they're only in for like three scenes. Well, you can't have Power Rangers without Jason oh. David Frank big and Jason David Frank skinny. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they did film a couple of episodes while they were there, and they explained it by saying, oh, well, they're uh, on holiday in, in Australia or something like that. So I think maybe they brought them along just, just so they could do that. Spent the whole time getting wasted on VB. And so, yeah, Balkan Skull lands in construction site, construction site, unearthed manhole cover, which they decide to open. Great big hand holding egg does things. Why didn't they get, like, a like a, an archaeology department's professor or something like, something like that to deal with it before Let's cracking it open. some manual labourer's prod it. That's the best idea. So yeah, they're just guarding it overnight and Rita Repulsa, Zed, Goldar and some strange pig with the voice of a Jewish grandfather appear. Oh, hey, Goldar, why didn't he have a job yet? It, it's, what, why is that pig there? He's got a monocle. Couldn't they just use any of the other suits? Yeah, they... Some random pig. Would it have been that hard to make a, a new Finster suit for the movie? Because, I mean, I don't think that Goldar suit was from the TV show. Oh, it, it looked like a new Goldar suit. Yeah. So why not just make a Finster or Squat and Baboo? I mean, it they looked... didn't have to film in Australia. 
I mean, did did Australia just have a pig in a monocle suit on standby, just in case? It's the national animal. It's the only thing that survived. That's how they decide their national animal. They stick them all in the big ring and they have to kill each other. <laughs> the only thing to survive was a bizarre man-pig hybrid. <laughs> Knowing the farmers there... <laughs> No, no, that's New Zealand, mate. So yeah, the open it egg opens not like an egg, opens just like on hinges. They find ooze. No, no, it's Apocalypse from, uh, well, Apocalypse. Ivan Ooze, I guess. He's made of lean. He's he's the purple drank man. (laughs) That's about it. His powers are really inconsistent. Like, whenever he's alone and it's not plot relevant, he demonstrates powers that could easily wipe out the rangers. Why is he only... um, Somewhere like about a dozen uh, mooks. He could just make like 50. So, yeah. So Ivan's like, hey, I'm here again. And Rita and Zed are like, yeah, you're here. And let's beat the Power Rangers and Zordon and stuff. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to fight Zordon. And so he goes into the command center and destroys everything. everything. And Zordon, who in the film looks like old... Marlon Brando. Yeah, it just from old. um oh from uh, Island of Doctor Moreau. Yeah, just old, bald, more like an oversized baby Marlon Brando, but with the same voice actor. Yeah, which was very odd. I'm just thinking, what is this? Is this Zordon or is this Marlon Brando? You can find that Marlon Brando just isn't a uh, an extra dimensional head in a tube now. I know his ego is. But I know that's the same way that Saban's Jason David Frank will be when he dies. He'll just be a head in a tube. His time is soon. Enough worship of Saban's Jason David Frank's Jason David Frank featuring Jason David Frank. And introducing Jason David Frank. What's this cast about again? I Jason don't... David Frank. It's the... There is only Jason David Frank. You're listening to the Jason David Frank podcast. Hi, I'm Saban's Jason David Frank's Jason David Frank's Jason David Frank. And I'm Jason David Frank Saban's Jason David Frank. Ooh. I'm a real celebrity here. I'm waiting for the lawsuit. (laughs) So, yeah, command center destroyed, all that stuff. They're like, Zordon, no, when the rangers come in. And they're like, ooh, you can only get new powers. And oh, yeah, Zordon's physically there as an old man with a different voice. Yeah. Just frail British guy. So it loses all that majesty. And they're like, okay, you've got to go to this new planet to get new powers. And yes. Oh, wait, there was a fight scene as well. Actually, oh, yeah, they, in, the, in the construction yard when they first meet Ivan. Yeah, yeah, was... yeah, yeah, because... Um... Wow, you can tell we're really involved in this movie. Uh, it's just so forget- uh, forgettable. I mean, the suits and the, uh, the climax, really, all that sticks with you because of that awful CGI. Yeah, so Ivan summons mooks, takes over the moon castle. What do they call that? I mean, is it... Because it has, you can still see Bandora Palace written on it. Is it called? Really? Ban- yeah, yeah. Is it, so is it called Bandora Palace? I mean, it makes sense. I mean, you know. Sweet ass moon castle. I mean, Saban's have... moon castle. <laughs> Saban's I mean, Jason just... David Frank's moon castle. I mean, I don't know. I'd, I'd like to call it Bandora Palace because, I mean, it's not like um, the Queen's called um, Buckingham. It's called Buckingham Palace. Well, no, it's called Jason David Frank Palace. <laughs> <laughs> Saban's Jason David Frank Palace. Take a drink every time we say Jason David Frank. Oh boy, welcome to Liver Failure Town. <laughs> so, yeah, just takes over Palace, fights Power Rangers after creating mooks. Power Rangers oh, yeah, he creates then. the uh, Tengas, doesn't he? Yeah, they're just the guys from Kyoyuja, like living. Yeah, it kind of sounds like them. Living Nelson Mandela suits, but slimier. And yeah, they just go to another planet to get their new awesome ninja powers, because obviously it's called Ninjetti. It's either an Italian planet or a Japanese one. They didn't even have to go to a different planet, you know. They could have just gone to a deserted island for all the difference it makes. So, yeah, and then they're on this abandoned planet-looking thing. They fight bird mooks. That... And then Xena, the warrior princess, turns up. Yeah, and that happens. And then it turns into an 80s fantasy movie, like uh, like Willow. 
and bam, sudden change in tone. Mm. So Weird. they go to a great big altar, and they're like, you now have these ninja powers. But you still get to keep your dinosaur suits. Yeah, which was weird. So you're yeah. this animal. You're a wolf. You're a condor. You're a frog. Praise Keck. Shadowlay, my dudes. And so they must go on an 80s adventure through a forest and fight bone monsters and go. It is. I can't. I, I really keep expecting Falcor to turn up. This this is the never-ending story. If you've watched it, it's the never-ending story. If you haven't watched it, it's the never-ending story. If you've never watched the never-ending story, it's Jason David Frank's Saban's never-ending story. Just take a bunch of cocaine and stare at a fluffy dog. You'll think you're riding it. So yeah, they do that. Go on an adventure, learn more about themselves, fight with their powers. And why was Falcor so furry? Actually, how did that bit on that planet end? Um, how did they get back? Oh, uh, oh wait, they um, had to prove themselves, and this door opened, and this great big rock shined yeah, with power. Yeah, yeah, they had to fight those uh, those rock lords. Things. Yeah, that and really did feel like an 80s movie. Yeah, it was just proper yeah, in they, suits. Did um, Xena the Warrior Princess send them back or something? No, I think oh, no, they no, just, she was they there, got, she was an they got, No, they got the great power, and then they were able to fly off with that. Yeah, they're reading Rainbowed back to Earth to find that... Ivan you know. and his forces, well, just Ivan and Pigman and Golda, because the others were just in a... Where thing. were Finster, Squat and Babu? Where? Maybe they're on holiday to Australia. Behind the scenes, uh, Weird Pigman was, um, like, in the script, it was something like he was Goldar's uh, third cousin three times removed or something like that. He was visiting for the summer. Well, that's what my third cousins always look like. Ding, and- ding, 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 ding. And so they find that Ivan had had this nefarious, incredibly 1990s plot to create ooze and have it uh. turn parents into zombies so they can make more ooze and dig up his two robots that he used to nearly killify everything to death. You can tell this... It feels like the script was written by a kid. Why would an ancient evil blob monster care about the parents... Why not just adults? And the best part is, so you see him in this factory like, I'm going to create ooze, and just starts filling these vats with himself. But by force of will, turns on this great big steam engine, and thinking, if he can do that with his will alone, why not just use several of the diggers? I'm going to take. automate diggers with his mind. But no, I'm going to turn parents into zombies. Even better question, if he can summon mooks, why not just use the mooks? Because it's the 1990s, and it's for kids, so I'm going to do things with parents, I'm going to steal parents, and his nefarious plan to distribute it is to sell it at a theme park dressed as a wizard, jars of ooze, and he's like, show it to your parents, throw it in their faces, wink wink, nudge nudge. I don't want to get ooze in my face. (laughs) It looks like he's straight up selling purple drank. (laughs) He's like dressed like a really bad wizard. He's dressed like uh, like a purple version of the uh, the sorcerer from the Sorcerer's Apprentice. It's that bad, and it's so nineties, and it just does not fit anything it feels, else we'd seen. That weird bit where he's uh, dressed as a wizard feels like a nineties TV ad for um for something like a gack or something. Extreme. You can Ooh. drink it through a tube. Tubulicious. Tubulotion. It's like that cyanide and happiness skit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but anyway, instead of talking about better things than ours, yeah, they return, they find that Ivan had activated great big horrible CGI snippety things some Scorpion bollocks. And Ironically enough, they look better than the Transformers movie. <laughs> humanoid ant thing. A lot of things look better than the Transformers movies. Death looks better than the, than the Transformers movies. No, I'm, I'm not giving you the knife back, okay? I let you have the kazoo back, but no knife. Fine, we'll do this after talking about the movie, then we'll go Jonestown on each other. 
You happy now? Yeah. Okay, and so, yeah, the ninja, rangers, whatever stuff, just find themselves in an abandoned city at night. It really bugs me that they still have the helmets. Yeah. But so they still, but because they, they added those weird little gold, like, big versions of the power coins into their chest. With, like, the, the new animal powers. So, like, you got a, yeah, Adam's got the, uh, like, a big old mammoth on his head. But he's also got a little frog on his chest. It's yeah. weird and inconsistent, just, ah. Transform, in-city, find themselves being attacked by chrome CGI things. Yes, but attack just so they, it doesn't touch them. Like, they, they react to the attack. Yeah, it's, it's about Star Wars prequels level. Then they summon the Zords. And Ugh, it, don't make me think okay, about it. It's bad CGI versus bad CGI for quite a few minutes. Ugh. And then there's some subplot about that 90s kid you see in the beginning of the movie. Yeah, saying, like, oh no, he's they've stolen parents. Diet Fred Savage. I'm thinking more a small piece of Fred Durst that came <laughs> off. He's just yet to start rapping and swearing. So he's saying that he um, reproduces by budding or something like that. That's exactly how people in the 90s reproduced. That's why... No, that's just how they made child actors in the 90s. Oh, well, that's why you get genetic mutations. Oh, Corey Feldman. Ah, Corey Haim. Haim Saban's Corey Haim. And so, yeah, they're on this tram to go and save parents. Why and a then a piece of track is destroyed. And Why any of this? And Saban's Jason David Frank <laughs> uses his In the Jason David Frank to... Zord. Yeah, in the Jason David Frank Zord to cover it's a, a piece of It's a physical manifestation of his ego. Tram passes over. Kids saved. Yay! Thank you, Saban's Jason David Frank. And in the uh, in the Jason David Frank Zord trademark. Copyright incorporated. I don't know what this is anymore. It's the Jason David Frank Power Armor podcast. Right. Uh, so yeah, more bad CGI fighting. Uh, that is about it. Then Ivan Ooze is on a great big tower like, no, we're being defeated. And so he decides to ooze into That's one of the really necks. comfortable to watch. It looks like a great big ant thing with a CGI face and it's mm. just terrible. I don't like it. None of it. Then the Zords make the Megazord, which looks also Ugh. quite terrible. Oh man, the transformation sequences, it just, things just appear or just kind of, just squish it. Beast Wars had better CGI than this. The main problem was, it was all chrome. They used yeah. so many chrome things. Metallic stuff did you, not work in 90s CGI. It didn't have to be chrome. You could just make it, you can make it look matte. 90s CGI was awful for chrome-coloured things. You yeah. could have made it like a dull grey or something. I don't see why they didn't use Suitmation for it. You, you Just know, they because they could. I know they could. That doesn't mean they shouldn't. You can eat um, donuts that aren't Krispy Kremes, but that doesn't mean you should. You shouldn't eat Krispy Kremes. Do it. Does anyone have an exorcist anywhere? Just send one to Spandex Power Armor. We need one. we got to get the donuts out of Ranger. You can try, but you'll never succeed. I'll do it, I'll do it Comrade a Beast style. I'll just give you mayonnaise donuts. <laughs> if they're Krispy Kreme dough, it'll all be okay. Save me. And so, yeah, there is CGI fight, and then they go into space. Oh, no, no, wait, hang on. We forgot to mention the other important that subplot with the kid and the parents. Do we How, have to? Yeah, because Ivan, like, wills all the parents to go off and oh. commit suicide in a great big pit. Yeah. And so they have all the kids just hold back the parents and... Then, and then they dose them down like the protesters in the sixties. Yeah, he just the other guy, the kid just shows up in like a crane with a great big hose and decides to riot hose them to slow them down. How did he drive it there? I don't know. And so yeah, that is a weird subplot. Then guess the Megazord and Ivan are fighting in space, and they decide to throw him in the course of a comet by kneeing him in the junk. Yeah, that is weird. There's a whole emergency lever dedicated to kneeing things in the junk. Not only that, but it's like a, it's like a big button, but it's. Hidden by, like, glass, like a fire alarm thing. Was was this Megazord invented by radical feminists? In case of mansplaining. <laughs> in case of man. <laughs> I have a boyfriend! <laughs> Dead. And so, yeah, that's a thing. The parents suddenly stop being all suicidal and stuff and are like, Hey! I wish I could stop that. Why are you spraying me down with a hose, child? Someone's and... getting a beating when they get home. 
And then there's a party thing at the end. They're all having lobster and there's fireworks. They're playing god-awful 90s music too. Yeah, and that was a thing. There was a great big sign saying, Thank you, Power Rangers. Do, and... think, do you think they just break that out every time there's like a monster fight in Angel Grove? Probably. They're kind of used to it now. <laughs> it's just routine. Like, thanks, Power Rangers, I guess. Then at the end for closure, I guess, there's... Just... Oh, yeah, and Zordon came back to life. But back in the awesome space castle, you see Goldar and Pigman like, Yeah, now we're in command. And then this is a, Hello, and... MTV, and welcome to our crib. Then <laughs> this is Heim Saban's crib. <laughs> Uh, though Zed and Rita are back and they're just like uh oh and then it cuts to the song We're in Trouble isn't that by Shampoo? I think so yeah Yeah. that was bizarre yet they didn't play the Power Rangers theme at all they only play it once do they? I can't remember no, no, I, I'm sure it's in there, like, once. Like, near the beginning. Maybe, but was it ever mentioned ever again? It's a great theme song. Even the movie version, which is, you know, not as good as the TV show one, but why not just use it as often as possible? So, yeah, that's the plot. It's, well, I think we had a lot of tangents talking about Jason David Frank. So the characters are... Actually Jason much... David Frank and Jason David Frank. Was it around season two? Yeah. Because just... they had Jason David Frank as the white Jason David Frank. Yes, as opposed to the green Jason David Frank or the red Jason David Frank. Or indeed the black Jason David Frank. So, yeah, just shades of Jason whatever. David Frank. Yeah, they're pretty like they are in the show, you know. I mean, Billy's a nerd. Aisha's there. Rocky's there. I mean, Adam's it's, there. It's got Billy and Saban's Jason David Frank, so that's all you need to worry about. Kimberly's also there and makes gooey eyes at Jason David Frank as Jason David Frank. Everyone does that to Jason David Frank. He wishes everyone did that to Jason David Frank. So, yeah, just same characters. Then yeah. there's Ivan, which is Ivan okay. the Terrible. He had a decent suit design. He was just with yeah. purple bits. You can tell he was a Western creation, not a uh, Japanese one. Yeah, uh, his character itself was just making references to things, and it just seemed so aged. You know what bothers me about the film? What? That Ivan Ooze is the main villain of it, and Reese and Zed get locked in a uh, little snow globe thing. Yeah, well, it was light-hearted. It, was, yeah, it wasn't know, trying hard. Like I, know, I just want to see more one. of that Lord Zed suit, you know, with the, the pulsating oh, brain. Oh, yeah, the brain pulsated when he opened the egg and stuff. Yeah, it's great. I, I want more of that. Can't really say much about Ivan. He decided to don some strange pedophile-looking wizard suit to sell bits of him in a jar. Oh, my ooze. One thing I found was weird is that he established an entire production facility, had some graphic designer sort out the labels on the bottle, and just did it like that. Even had designs on the boxes. And even though he'd possessed everybody and unearthed the things, there were still scenes of them producing the ooze and packaging it. He also gave them specific little uh, work ponchos to wear while they were doing it. He... Has weirdly high uh, health and safety standards. Supervillains don't really know how to properly do it. I mean, there are some people that were caught on the news for selling an energy drink made out of crystal meth and urine out of a treehouse, and they were more successful than Ivan Ooze. Well, yeah, I mean, would you not buy that? So, yeah, why? Just, yeah, decent for a crappy 90s film villain, oh, yeah, I guess. It, it, I don't know, it, it did well. He's... Not my favourite. It was Goldar, still as yeah, Goldar. dumb as usual. There was there was, there was was Pig with yeah. New York accent. Just, why? Oi, Goldar, why didn't you marry a nice monster woman, eh? <laughs> just keeps handing him bits of gefilte fish. That's all I know about <laughs> Judaism, just pushy grandparents and gefilte fish. That's all there is to it, right? That's, yeah, yeah, I think... That's I think the entire culture. I think in, in some special events, hummus is used, but... Mm. That's just for special occasions and ceremonies. Oh, yes. Occasionally hummus. So that's all of... I think that's what uh, yeah. bar mitzvahs are about. Just, just hand out hummus to everything. Yeah, celebrating the glory of hummus. Yeah, see, we know everything about religion. We know how Judaism works. Judaism's all fish and hummus, Christianity's... Bagels. No, I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah, they're bagels. Yeah. Judaism's you. bagels, Thank hummus you, and fish. Christianity's the same thing, but without the bagels. Yeah, it's just it's not as cool. Judaism's got the bagels. We need bagels. 
Islam has those really cool mosh pits that are like the Sufi circle dancers. But I would like to clarify that bagels are in no way any substitute to Krispy Kreme's donuts. Oh, for crying out loud. But was Jason David Frank sponsoring Krispy Kreme? Finally, my life would be complete if that were to come to pass. So, yeah, other characters? Zordon floating Marlon Brando head <laughs> turning into shriveled old scrotum men with British accents. It's the natural life cycle of Marlon Brando's. I don't know, he was quite thin in that. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that's because um, this particular Marlon Brando is coming to the end of his life cycle. Saban's Marlon Brando. <laughs> uh, Alpha 5 is... There. Alpha 5. I don't like this suit. It's Somehow it looks worse than the one from the TV show. Yeah, because it had a proper neck thing. It yeah. looked like it was jointed. No, it looks like you could see his, the actor's chin more underneath the, uh, the um, little oh, flying saucer yeah. head. Oh, actually, come to think of it, the suits in that overall were terrible. Like, okay, so let's talk about the Ranger suits. Oh, man. So actual, they tried with the designs, but they made them out of solid aluminium. Yeah, you got, you got like a, a rubber um, undersuit with like aluminium plates, like actual aluminium. Kimberly and Aisha's actresses would have back problems after filming particularly um, strenuous scenes from it. What sort of madman decides to put rubber under aluminium and think it's a good thing to film fight scenes in? Evidently Haim Saban, that mad I think, Actually, I think it was Shuki Levy who was the producer was for that. Huh. So, yeah, it was oh. Shuki and some other dude, and didn't they originally design it to just not include the yeah. eyes or mouthpieces, but still kept the... Weird kind of in-between bits. Yeah, the in-between bits. They looked at it said, hang on, they're there for a reason. There's only, like, one picture that survives of that. <laughs> David Yost's face just sums up my feelings about it. He knows it's a bad idea. Ah, it was not the best idea to have, so they reshot that. And they also showed the suits doing extra things, like with Red, there was some funky Cylon vision Oh man, yeah, stuff. it turns into uh, like a kit or something from Knight Rider. And Yellow has like... Headlights the Headlights. Turbo. It's a bit go on you. Like it makes her helmet like a little bit taller and her eyes look... It, if she did like one of those things like uh, those cars with like the flip-up headlights, that'd be fine, but it just makes her head helmet look bigger. Well, so what was it with Pink's helmet? Because it had a massive Jay Leno yes. chin. Yes! I don't think Amy Jo Johnson has that big of a chin. You don't have to do that. It just gave it a massive chin for no reason. And in the scene, when they finally get their powers back, you, they, you see them transform. I think it's just so tiny. Yeah, she's a woman Womanless. So little. Uh, I don't think she was that short on the show. Yes. Could they not use like the uh, stunt actors from the TV show they use? No, you got to use the actual actors. Stick them in rubber suits with aluminium plating in Australia. Oh man, that'd be hot as hell. They're going to want to get rid of all their skin and look like Lord Zed at the end of it. <laughs> yeah, funnily enough, um, uh, Johnny Young Bosch did all his own stunts next. His, um, the stunt actor, I think, broke his ankle or something. What did Jason David Frank do all his own stunts? Most of his own stunts. Except the ones that actually involved physical effort. Johnny Young Bosch is our new god. Saban's Johnny Young Bosch. Next time on Saban's Johnny Young Bosch. Oh, no, no, we're not talking about anime this time, sorry. I want to see Saban's Johnny Young Bosch versus Saban's Jason David Frank. No matter who wins, I'm Saban is the real winner. I have all the money. One day I'll gain Ultraman. <laughs> no, no. <clears throat> Final battle is Heim Saban versus Chayo. <laughs> Whoever wins we all owns lose. everything. <laughs> owns all Tokusatsu. Hi, I'm Saban's Hippopotamus Rex. <laughs> and I'm and I'm Saban's Kamen Ranger. Welcome to Saban's Spandex Parama podcast. Coming to you from Saban's England. Okay, so we really love tangents for this. <laughs> Other character, ginger British lady with swingy bat on things. Just oh, oh, yeah. you mean you mean um, small leather bikini? Yeah, I remember. Oh, her. yeah, yeah. So she was the defender of the world and all that stuff. And oh, why? she had, I didn't notice. And but why? Why did they not give her clothing? She had a cloak in the beginning. She can clearly craft clothing for herself. Just, just make yourself a. A tunic or something, lady. Come on, cover yourself. A trousers and entirely... Hide your shame! Ah! 
Conceal yourself, tramp. Egads, be- behold yonder strumpet. She's showing ankle. What heresy. Absolutely, Saban. So that's it for characters. The action scenes were pretty well done, really. They had yeah, like the little no, fight scenes. Bad. Saban's Jason David Frank had all the good ones where when they were fighting the mooks, he had to punch one first before doing what everyone else did. It's a bit Bollywood in places. It is. That's what 90s fight scenes are like. They just saying sod it to physics. Now, before we get into the full discussion, I think that's something that was missing from the new one. It just wasn't... It didn't go extreme enough. No, not enough, uh, not enough skyboarding. Yeah, it just lacked the awesomeness. Cheese. It, yeah, you've got to have some 90s cheese. Mm. We're back to the uh, back to the 90s one. It's... Yeah, no, it was 90s. That's the best way to describe it, with a weird touch of uh, 80s action adventure fancy. Yeah. The fight scenes themselves, very satisfying. Even mm. when they're not transformed, they can tell they put effort into it. Actual stunts. Oh, the yeah. CGI stuff is terrible. Though, in terms of final thoughts on the matter, it's a 90s film that turns into an 80s film. That really goes back into a 90s film. It's very, very strange. It's even got a completely redundant subplot involving <laughs> 90s kid. All in all, I think I liked it. I mean, it's not good by any stretch of the imagination, but you know, neither was extra, but I still like that. It's, it's, it's fun. That's all you want in a Power Rangers film, really. It's fun to watch, especially with friends. Yeah, if you're a kid or if you're just drunk. If you're playing the Jason David Frank slash Krispy Kreme drinking game. Well, all you need is this podcast episode. Yeah, I don't really know why they decided to go 80s at that point, because they were going on this great big quest on an alien world and fighting things out of their suits. For like 15 minutes. Yeah, why? Honestly, I wish they'd have stuck to one or the other. Fight Ivan Ooze on on Earth, or go to space and find new powers. One or the other, just not both. Because they hardly ever see Ivan Ooze because of them leaving the planet, so it creates a real disconnect between the two stories. You You kind of wonder why you should care about one or either of them. They even put effort into sets like altars and things. I swear yeah. it looked like the one they used from the episode of the original series of Star Trek where Spock was going through Ponfar. Oh, man. That would have made it so much better. Forget all our opinions on what we would have done differently. Just add that. Just make it a Star Trek original series episode. They're about as colourful. Go, go, Starfleet Rangers. Shh. Saban will sue us. The Red Rangers always die. Saban hasn't brought Star Trek yet. Not yet, but soon. Actually, imagine him trying to make a claim on that. <laughs> now, what are you going to do? Like, uh, take all the scenes where they're not wearing the, uh, the Starfleet uniforms and just film action around it. I- I'm completely fine with an Enterprise Megazord. Yeah, so am I, actually. So now we're going to talk about what we would have done to improve the film, like different plot points, different ways to do the character, that kind of thing. Well, for one, just don't make it an odd 80s film <laughs> midway through. I don't want to watch Willow. I want to watch the Power Rangers. There's not enough period with them whoa, being the Power Rangers. Whoa. You don't want to watch Willow? Not when I'm watching Power Rangers. I always want to watch Willow. That's because you're a Muppet. Oi! Willow was so, good. Yeah, well, at least they had a fight scene in the middle where they actually transformed, but oh, then yeah. they're just wearing ninja suits and... Oh, yeah, stuff. yeah, those weird kind of um, roby type things. It was just weird. Mm. That's all I'd suggest, just more actual yeah. Power Rangers things. How about you? Uh, for me, I would have not filmed in Australia, for one thing. It makes Angel Grove look, look way different. I just, and I filmed somewhere else in America, kind of save budget that way. Um, not do CGI, just make your own suits, you know, just film those and all oh, set. Oh, yes, now I remember. They had a really, really long rollerblading scene for no reason. Oh, man, yeah, just cut that out. That probably took up half the budget. Oh. You know what they should have done? They should have come to the great people at Krispy Kreme to uh, invest in their movie. Oh, for the love of God. Please. You can't argue with quality. Help. And Krispy Kreme deliver on quality. Save me, Jason David Frank. Save me. Oh, Jason David Frank loves Krispy Kremes too. But no, yeah, I mean, my biggest point, I agree with you on the uh, the 80s movie bit. Um, 
you know, commit either either way or the other. I would have, I would have not gone on the. I wouldn't have had them go to space to find new powers. I would have just. I would have even done the new powers thing. I mean, I guess I have to for merchandising, but just have Zordon. I don't know. My my biggest thing is just you know keep it more consistent. You know, keep it in one place mostly, and just have physical suits for the uh, the mecha. Not awful dated, really, really bad CGI. All in all, the campy romp through nineties, eighties kids tropes mm. maybe not the best thing to watch on your own unless you're a, a literal child but you know with friends it's pretty fun i would not leave my child alone watching that movie you, you're afraid that he'll love jason david frank more than you yes only i may idolize the jason david frank That's... every time he appears on screen i will punish that child and say no do not gaze upon zaban's jason david frank only i may be the one who loves him and so we're now moving on to power rangers 2017 the <laughs> Delightfully, no. sort of campy romp through. Me, you can't make me. I'm not doing it. it it's okay. I'm not doing it. It's okay. No. We, we've got to talk about this. Do you know why? Why? Because this movie is Krispy Kreme. You're now, right. now you're happy. Okay. You're right. I'll try. I'll try for Krispy Kreme. Okay. So, firstly, we we'll go through the plot. Rex Shepard. I mean, Ranger. Can we? Can we get Krispy Kremes after this? Yeah. Sure. Whatever. Okay. I'll try. I'll be strong for Krispy Kremes. We'll go through the plot first. So we got a scene set in the, I think it's the Cenozoic era. You got Red Ranger then revealed to be Zordon being all injured and stuff. Finds the Yellow Ranger who transforms into a naked alien chick. She looks like she's from Star Trek Beyond. Yeah. Actually, she really does, yeah. And then Zordon's like walking through, then falls down, I guess. One thing that really bothers me about this scene is that both aliens are naked. Well, yeah, they don't believe in clothing. I was surprised he didn't mention, like, um, like when they morph for the first time, like, Rangers, you're morphing with clothes on? So we actually do see naked Zordon. Yeah, that's what you guys wanted, right? Naked it, Zordon. It's just Brian Cranston with face markings and keloid scars. Looks a bit like the design in the 95 movie, actually. Yeah, I mean, just it looks look like something from um, Guardians of the Galaxy, too. It looks a bit like uh, Yondu. Yeah, it's quite... I think it's cool. Oh, yeah, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. Then you see Rita in her ranger suit. Oh yeah, spoiler, Rita's the green ranger. Oh, everyone knew that. Yeah. I, I called it as soon as her green design was de- it was announced. So, and everyone said, oh no, she's not going to be the green ranger. That's going to be stupid. And I was like, yeah, it's, it's going to be stupid. But if you look at all the bits on her suit, it just looks like tatty things they have on the ranger suit. And so then they're just talking and they're using their space language. And Zordon's like, Rita, no, we will stop you. And she's like, no, I will rule this world. Did, did they mention the Zero Crystal then? Or Yeah, yeah I think they just call it... The, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, they do call it the Zero Crystal because the yeah, subtitles. Yeah, and, and Zordon's like, Alpha, summon the meteors. And you think they'd have other things to summon them? How would no. they summon a meteor? Is this like Sledge from uh, Dino Charge? They just tow meteors around with them wherever they go. This is quite interesting because it was it just How do you implied summon that, a meteor? was it implied that Zordon killed the dinosaurs? No, Tristan Timothy Taylor killed the dinosaurs. Oh, that's a dated reference. Very. And so, yeah, that's kind of weird because the Power Rangers are supposed to protect life, and he did yeah. that by wiping out the majority of life on the planet. Yes, he went to the Batra school of saving the planet. It's very odd because it's it was more of a spur of the moment decision because Rita was going to get all the stuff. So you know it's a very, weird very choice. Ballsy. Having someone will- willingly bringing someone onto your team called Rita Repulsa. Maybe it means something else in alien language. Are you sure about that? Maybe it's just like Baker, like in back in the old caste system days, her dad used to make bread and he was arrested in Venezuela. Space Venezuela. Well, yeah, I, I saw that. They're from Space Venezuela. They're from space somewhere. Well, obviously because they aren't from Earth, but... 
space. I mean, technically, Earth is a space somewhere. Space doesn't exist around Earth. One thing I did like about the beginning is the, the subtitles they used. Like, it's not those awful kind of built-in ones you get on DVDs for different languages. It's like the ones in Avatar that are just kind of actually part of the movie. It, I don't know, I like it. It's, it's nice when they do that. Yeah, it was well made, and it did just cements the fact that they are aliens. They went so far as to make a little language for it. It was quite yeah. nice. It's weird that he says, you know, you'll hear him talking, and then he'll say, Alpha, you know, blah, 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 blah alien language. Blah, blah, Alpha. Rita, blah, blah, blah. Suka, biet, Rita. Opa. Suka. Everyone's a Slav now. That language is officially space Polish. Well, I mean, we all know the Slavs came from out of space, dude. That's, you know, why they're here. Rita Polska. That's the only way to do it, Yeah. <laughs> Just imagine them wearing like things with Adidas, yeah. right? <laughs> the Ranger suits have Adidas and they just squat. They don't have boots, they just have uh, loafers. Okay, so we're not talking about Savan's Slavic Rangers, we're, we're talking going about... about the movie. and so Go, go, Putin Rangers. So that was the one fairly decent scene for a long time, so it then cuts like, image of Zero Crystal, then boom, locker room. Sitting a, sitting a bull. The non-Jason David Frank, Jason. One of them touches a bull's junk in yeah, it. It's heavily and then get, applied. Not, not only that, you get to see a shot of said bull's junk. I don't. I think I sort of mentally blacked that pot out. So yeah, they're smuggling bull into locker room as some prank. Um, gets rumbled by police. Gets involved in car it's chase. It's the fuzz. Cheese it. Van crashes. And yeah, that just cuts to him being in detention because he's a bad boy and has apparently got a leg bracelet because... Oh yeah, he's got yeah. an ankle bracelet and he's got a knee brace as well because he hurt his knee in it. What sort of American high school system has that happen if you crash your car? Actually, yeah, is, is bull theft such a big... D- why do they even have bulls? This is California. California doesn't have any agriculture, does it? I swear it was more like the American Northwest. It looks like it, but Angel Grove is in California. So yes, he's banished to detention every Saturday and he's no longer allowed to do a football. Oh no. I can't do my sports ball. How am I supposed to be a jock? This means I have to have a personality now? My entire place in this world has been ripped from me. And so, yeah, he has to do that. And actually, did you realise that the red here looks like a cross between Michael Fassbender and Zac Efron? He's like Michael Fassbender on the side, Zac Efron at the front. Ironically, two better actors than this guy. He's not a bad actor, but I just... He's just bland. Like, bland. Ah, it's the perfect role for a red come the arrival of Jason David Frank. Of course, we must all bow to our Louisville Lord, Savant's Jason David Frank. So, yeah, he goes into detention place... Uh, other person's there who is going to be the pink and she's like yeah, oh. just walking past he oh. gives her a look like I'm going to try and flirt he goes into detention he throws up a gang sign at her yeah I think it was, it was like three Angel fingers Grove's cribs or something I don't know <laughs> the rangers <laughs> rangers for life yo uh, goes into detention sees Spurg Lord being harassed by Ed Sheeran intimidates yeah. Ed Sheeran why Ed Sheeran I mean they really went out of their way to, he's like a human version of Gabara yeah, yeah, they couldn't didn't even include Balkan Scots like sort of his Ed Sheeran. I miss Balkan Scots. Of course, Scott. he's in detention. He's the ginger. Yeah, all gingers are sent to detention. That's what happened to you, right? Yeah, that's why you are the way you are today. Yeah, no skydiving for us. So yeah, that happens. There's just drama, all that stuff. Pink gets in trouble because bitchiness. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah, it, you know what I want in my Power Rangers movies? Mean girls. Yeah, and well, we'll just try and speed things yeah. up a bit. Well, we'll just use colours now. Okay, so the Spurg Lord that was being defended is the Blue Ranger. Actually autistic too. It's Yeah, he straight up admits he's on the spectrum, but in like an outside way. Yeah, so like he... he didn't say I've got Asperger's or I've got autism, he just says I'm on the spectrum. I mean, technically everyone's on the spectrum by definition. Okay, and so leading up to that scene, he persuades Jason to borrow the car. He 
hacks the leg yeah. bracelet, which completely ruins he needs an help. entire subplot. He needs help to go into the, uh, into the gold mine and says, Jason, I'll fix your uh, your ankle bracelet if you come with me. So then they do and they become bros. Well, they don't really. They just drive well, over eventually. there into the abandoned area and Blue's like, hey, look, I'm doing this thing. Come with me. He's like, no, I'll just leave you to it. Then. So, yeah, after admitting that he has a developmental disorder, he, he abandons him. him in the middle of a gold mine Which at is kind night. Of strange. And so he sees Kimberly just doing night swimming. As you do in a, in a mountainous area at yeah. night where you could easily break your neck. Zach's there chilling as well, watching... Was it? Oh, yeah, Trini's the yellow one. She's doing um, yoga to death metal as well. Which was How really edgy. Weird. Yeah, she's hey, can obviously Can you tell the she's rogue. the edgy one? Ooh, she's the rebel. She's quirky and weird, guys. And so they're doing their thing. And, and they all, all meet up coincidentally. Well, they're all united by the fact that Blue is the Unabomber. <laughs> Billy just makes bombs out of everything. His autistic obsession is something geology related to the extent that he just brings dynamite around all the time. But it's not just geology because he can also hack into the um, the ankle bracelet too. So it's a very everyone on the spectrum in movies oh, knows computer hacking. Yeah, I mean this just comes you're born with it apparently if you're autistic. And so yeah, they're all drawn to the fact that Billy just blew up a massive chunk of a cliff. And they found the, the some of the old medals in it. Yeah, and so Zack's idea is like, I'm crazy, I'm going to take a swing at him and take him out. Yeah, man, it's just, I don't like these characters. They just, none of them act like a normal person would act. Oh, you blew this thing up, I'm going to shout at you. It's like, no, just chill. So they all get them out and they all have each coin and then... They, the, all, they all run off because yeah. uh, the authorities come and then they pile into uh, to Billy's mum's um, soccer mum van. Yeah, so that's kind of strange security there. There's a full-on chase scene. they got people running, catching up, and Zack is the last one in. He jumps on the top of the thing somehow. From where? I know. And he climbs in. I mean, then... did he develop his superpowers before the others? Because that's the only way he can do it. Yeah. Then it gets hit by a train, and they all wake up back in their homes. Like after, They wake up and they look like they've had some kind of drug binge, and they don't remember how they got there in the morning. It's like, it's like the parts in the darkness where you just wake up from hell. Oh, we're back in the real world now. And so, yeah, they learn they have superpowers. It's a bit like the Breakfast Club. It's, it's Breakfast Club meets Chronicle up until like the last 15 minutes. Yeah. Ed Sheeran bullies Billy. Billy's like, no, I just took a headbutt. Yeah. He plays things up and is suddenly making friends. And... I don't think an autistic person would react the way he did. He seems way too comfortable around a large group of people oh, yeah. talking at him and giving him their undivided attention. And he's there talking about, oh, I didn't want to hurt him, but that is obviously not the way you'd respond immediately after being attacked. So anyone I know with autism would excuse themselves in some way from that situation or at least, you know, stay there timidly and not enjoy it it's very very strange i mean props to the actor for trying he does try and he did spend time with people with autism to prepare for the role so i mean it's, it's probably the script and director's fault not the actor but anyway back to the story so do we have to yes Damn it. so kimberly and jason are like hey let's get billy and then they go to see everyone else because things are kind of weird things what are a coinkydink so they go back to the pit, and then they just experiment with their superpowers. They end up chasing Trini around, scaling walls, and doing a Matrix jump-like thing. And, yeah. They're the ones. It's about as awkward as you'd expect, and Zack's obviously trying to flirt and doing all that stuff. And, yeah, then they just end up falling, going underwater, seeing all the colours. Zack's like, I'm black. Billy's like, no, you're not. <laughs> and yeah, they end up swimming down, finding another surface underwater, dropping that is a into nice a scene. chamber. It's a really good one. They, this movie does have good moments. They're just few and far between. 
And then also in terms of other subplots, we've got the unearthing of Rita Repulsa, well, the dredging of her out from the depths. Just coincidentally, at the, uh, the same time the Rangers get their coins, I'll get into that when we're talking about our thoughts on the movie. So they pull out a withered-looking female corpse oh. in a fishing boat. They just leave it in the ice. Mm, that, um, oh, that Jason's dad works on as well. Oh, yeah. I really couldn't recognize his face. It was just generic I hairy just, fisherman. Yeah, I just recognized him by his beard. And so the body starts to regenerate, judging by the fact that there's the glowing green power coin. It's a bit unhygienic to dump a dead body on the fish that they have just well, caught. Well, no, they wrapped it in a bag, remember? Yeah, but I still wouldn't drop it on things that were meant to be made for human consumption, you know? You say you wouldn't eat a dead lady that you found in the sea. I'm not saying I would, but I don't think other people would. Yeah, fair enough. And so, yeah, that's the thing policeman goes to investigate as well goes below deck and ends up being killed we'll talk more about that subplot later as we've got to go back to the power rangers well i mean you say power rangers but up until now and beyond they haven't actually done any ranging and they've done very little with power well yeah it's, it's the breakfast club with superpowers but not as cool as it sounds i just throughout the whole film i was just thinking to myself i want to watch chronicle so they then find cavern alien ship they enter it, and stuff happens. So Barnes, H.R. Giga's power chamber. That's pretty much it. The whole thing starts to react to them being there, and walls start moving, they're in a halo map, and they just start running in one direction. And then they hide in the walls, and then they hear footsteps. And one of them is just grabbed, it was like alien style, yeah. just dragged along. And that's how they were introduced to Alpha 5, with a oh, horror scene. Whoa, whoa. It, it's, you expect some kind of horrible monster to appear, you know? But no, no, it's just a little... It's got even got it's even got a little beer belly. Do you know? Yeah, it's, it's got, got a little, little beer belly. It's like this four foot tall robot voiced by Bill Hader, and he is actually the best character in the movie. He's the only character I didn't want to strangle. So yeah, then he quickly says, "Okay, you're all here. Great, different coloured medals. Great, different coloured kids." And that uh, was that's, just that's, a really interesting nod. That, that's the show in a nutshell. Different coloured kids. Yeah, and then he just quickly drags everyone into rushes them into like the uh, command center. Said, "Ay ay ay, Zordon." Yeah, and then he just says, quickly, stand here, and then they just do it, and all this crazy stuff happens, and then Zordon comes back as an AI. I think that's kind of cool, because you've got him saying in his space Polish, like, where am I, what's going on, what the hell's happening, and Alpha's just trying to explain to him, it's okay, you're fine, you're safe, I transferred your essence into the mainframe. Why didn't Alpha wake Zordon up before that? I think he needed the rangers to actually activate the ship, right. like, fully. To bring him back? I guess that makes sense. Because I guess he had access to basic functions, so probably television and some stuff. Why couldn't he go out and get the power coins himself? Because they were under a lot of rock. Yeah, but Alpha could go out and get some dynamite. That, eh, whatever. Maybe he can't jump that high? Because he's got to swim through the thing? Oh, uh, Does he uh, respond well to being underwater? True, good point. And so, yeah, they wake up Zordon, and he is very, he's very ass. cranky. He's an asshole. Yeah, he's justifiably an asshole for the first couple of minutes. I... How would you feel if you'd just died and then you'd woken up suddenly being a head in a wall? I wouldn't be an asshole about it. Seeing... I'd be confused, but I wouldn't be an ass. Seeing young things aren't quite adults and having needing to be told the definition of what a teenager is. And... I wouldn't be an asshole about it, though. I mean, dude's old as well. I mean, he should be... So, yeah, grumpy old <laughs> Uncle Zordon is it's, like, it's your me Power Rangers now. This Zordon is just a future me after I've seen too many of these Power Rangers movies. So grumpy old man Zordon is like, you're Power Rangers now, you have to do these things really grand and stuff, and then tries to get them to morph, doesn't happen. And so immediately, training montage! Oh boy, the training montage in and of itself was fine, it's just, 
if you don't like the characters, like I didn't, it just doesn't affect you. The best bits are with um, Alpha in it. Oh, yeah, it's just like, Alpha, take them to the pit. Okay, time to go to the pit. And um, actually, they did really good designs for the putty patrollers, though. Because it made them look like actual golems. Uh, I just didn't... Oh, you. I just like things being not the same. I don't know, it's just... It's ugly to look at. It's just it's just not nice to, to look at. It's, it's confusing to look at. So while the bunch were doing their constant training after several days, over the course of several days, there's also footage of Rita just being a crazy old lady who kills people, hoards gold, oh, yeah, the kills news, the homeless guy. The news talks about like a serial killer going around, taking people's gold. Actually, he does even mention the Zeo Crystal, and there are things in Billy's room of him tracking things down based on yeah, like the gold stuff serial he, killer. Yeah, he's, uh, like, um, like it's, it's stuff he's gotten from the, uh, the, control, the command center's compute or something like that. And it's definitely quite an interesting thing that's not really built upon. But They don't do anything with it. Like, he finds a Zeo crystal and just forgets about it. Yeah, and so you've got the scenes with Rita, and it just takes a while for things to pick up, and you get a scene with her arriving at a jewellery store in rags with a half-completed staff asking for gold. It really creeps the The staff has a out. human jawbone in it. That is really cool. And so then she just starts eating gold, melting it down to make the staff, and then, what is it, Paul Blart comes along, and she just straight up gets him with a stick. No, no, she gets a uh, putty to kill him. Oh, does she? Yeah, see, the thing is, oh, yeah. why are they called putties if they're made from debris? Because the putty patrols are made out of clay and stuff like that. That makes sense. Okay, so I think they're just trying to build a link, because I know in Ranger they were golems. Yeah, yeah. Maybe just putties as a slang term, or maybe just like an alien word for them. Because they've got their, they've got their space polish, remember? They've got, you know, they're fighting Rita Repulska, and they've got to find <laughs> the uh, kvass crystal. <laughs> Otherwise, they can't drink fermented bread juice. <laughs> Go, go, Slavic Rangers. It's hard to muster up any real enthusiasm about this film, for me at least. Even talking about the plot has been a bit of a slog. It drains me emotionally it's and so physically. much teen drama. And so speeding things up a bit, uh, training montage, not going well, still not morphing. Alpha takes him to, the, to see the Zord to kind of give him some inspiration, like, Rangers, he could... Oh, wow, he's got Bill Hader's voice, I have to do that. He's, he's Bill Hader. Yeah, hi, I'm Bill Hader. See, great Bill Hader impression. What's he even sound like? It, it, it sounds like he's just generic. He takes him to see some awfully designed Zords. Eight-legged Macedon, I'll never get over it. And so Zack takes his out for a joyride while everyone else is going around the place. Mm. Uh, gets in a fight with Jason afterward because, hey, why not? Billy tries to stop the pair and ends up morphing, which is kind of cool, and then just stops it, like, midway. And, and then Zordon turns up and he's all like, Go home, you failed. Do it again, do it again. Oh, you can't do it again? Off you go, then. Yeah, for the team. Yeah, yeah gets angry at everyone else, and they're just like, no, you're not Power Rangers anymore. Ah. And they decide to get acquainted with each other in a campfire, and they hint at Yellow being a lesbian. So <sighs> Billy openly states he's on the spectrum, but they just don't straight up say that Yellow's lesbian, even though she's got Zack going for him. If I were part of the LGBT community, I would be annoyed at this. Just say it, Like, dude. all the markings, like, ooh, this is gonna be the first superhero that's a lesbian, first one that's autistic, but she never actually, she just says, I don't like labels, or something like that. You can't have your cake and eat it. <laughs> Plot twist, Jason's the lesbian. <laughs> no, I mean, it's even, isn't it banned in Russia now, or something like that? Really? No, no I think it's R-rated in Russia, because of hints of lesbianism because of how they feel about um, gay people but it's not even like they're, they're committing to it she doesn't even confirm that she likes girls she just says she doesn't like being lab having labels put on her yeah so that's fine she's just edgy well I know it's not fine but still edgy punk rebellious thing she's just there and so they do a firelight 
thing where they just chat about each other. Only and... three of them talk about themselves, yeah. though. Jason goes back to Zordon to say, hey, you kind of being a bit of a dick, and he's like, I want to come back to life, and you're not letting me. I'm dead. You kids get off my lawn. And so, yeah, they all talk about themselves, their past. Zack's kind of cool because he's looking after his ill mother, but it's not really gone into much. No, I mean, you see, it is a good backstory, and it does explain how he acts, but not he doesn't act in a way that I would think would make him also endearing at the same time. It just makes him look like an ass. He's a bit of a jerk. And so they finally get to Kimberly, and she's like, I don't want to talk about it. It's some serious yeah, like, thing. That's not how it works. If you're doing team bonding, you're all team bond. So, later on in the night, Trini actually does encounter Frita, and I did like that scene, because it had her taunting her and blackmailing her, saying, I'll spare you if you tell me where the Zeo Crystal is. That's a good moment. Like, I wish they would do this more in films, like, with the, where the villain's, like, interrogating the hero for information that they don't know. And she actually does believe her that she doesn't know where the Zeo Crystal is. Yeah, and so she has the whole group get involved with it. She just uses Trini as the messenger. Yeah, because she's like, oh, well, uh, I'm going to do some evil stuff. If you want, if you want to get me the information I want, you can go there. Look at this, I morphed a little. But just don't tell the rangers where I'm going to be. I'd hate that. Oh yes, I'll be don't out here. Don't do that. Where the dead ships lie. Wink, wink. I'll be nudge, alone nudge. too. I mean, you got edginess, kid, but you sure ain't that bright. And so after that scene, it then cuts to Jason being woken up by Kimberly, who then tells the truth <sighs> about sending nudes. That's what I want in a Power Rangers film: revenge porn. That's exactly what I came to a Power Rangers film to yeah. see. So it's instead of being the squeaky clean pillar of humanity, she ruins someone's relationship because, hey, she's a bit of a bitch. Go, go, Power Rangers. This is entirely against everything the Jason David Frank has taught us. Jason David Frank wouldn't have wanted this. So that's the thing, and then the next day... Is it the next day or was it still at night? They did what? Might have been at the same. Yeah, well, well when they all came together and Yellow was like, we need to go where the dead ships lie. No, I think that was like a, the night after, because they're still out during oh, that Oh, yeah. And so they do that, go to a shipyard, and they get a bunch of improvised weaponry. They've even got references. <laughs> Seriously, it's they're going to murder a woman. Like The, the, the goal in the TV show is always to, to stop Rita, but never to straight up murder her. It suddenly turned into straight out of Compton. And I'm thinking, what the hell? <laughs> like they've got... They got like bars, chains, this is like gritty stuff, they're going to murder a woman. So it was really dark and then they go encounter Rita by the port. It doesn't seem like a city that would have a port because it's just barren. Yeah, California doesn't have water. So that happens, Rita just kicks all their asses, ties them up in a boat, and this is where the fun stuff happens. Where, Where is the Zeo Crystal? One of you knows, I'm going to start killing all of you. How does she know one of them knows? I guess it's like really extreme bluffing. Well, that's advanced bluffing. Well, she's a space witch. She can make stuff out yeah. of liquid gold. More like a space bitch. Ah, uh, this is the level of wit that will win us many awards. And so she finally gets to Billy, who says that he knows, and she threatens to start torturing and killing people. She starts and, with Zack, and at that point, uh, I, I still wouldn't have told her. Go ahead. Yeah, Do it. Get Take him. him. We don't care. We don't care about Zack. And then Billy reveals that in a previous scene, he found the location of the Zeo Crystal underneath. Crispy Kreme. The Krispy Kreme. It's exactly where you'd expect the source of all life on Earth to be. And the Krispy Kreme. It's such a cringeworthy scene, that, because then she's like, what's that? Donut, donut establishment. Is, is it a special place? Yes. yes. Never question how special Krispy Kreme is. It's just very, very out of place. It's like, here's a sudden sponsor. And then Rita's like, ah, screw you all. Yellow put you up to this. And then she 
kills Billy by drowning him, even though yeah, she, she drops Billy scene. in the water and then just lets the others just go. Well, Why? she wanted them to live because she's doing the sort of over-the-top villain thing. Yeah, and, well, the thing is, why Billy died, though? Yeah, I'm yeah, exactly. because he was caught by surprise, a vast amount of fluid entered his lungs, so that couldn't have killed him, instead of him needing to hold his breath because he didn't have the time? I mean, I guess, but, yeah, I don't know, it just feels weird to kill one of them and just leave the others. So, they're understandably really, really sad because Billy was the lovable one that kept them all together, because he was the one who genuinely felt like he had He's friends. He's the least edgy of them all. Actually, in the scenes where they went to Billy's house, his mother would always excitedly shout out their names yeah, to him, it, like, it's oh, God. You actually have friends. Billy has friends. And so they take him back to the ship and go actually, to I think Billy's mum is my favourite character in this film. Yeah, so they, actually, so they go back to the ship and go to Zordon like, bring him back, please. Do they know he can bring him back? Like, I know, I know Jason knows that Zordon can bring himself back, but do they know that he can bring Billy back? Well, sort of. Otherwise, it would be a bit weird of them, you know, dragging a corpse through, like, the city, through the desert, dropping it down a cliff dragging it down as they swim into the command center. It's weird. I was thinking it was a bit like the day the Earth stood still. It's an alien ship. They've got to have some sort of med bay. And so their emotions and stuff start to fire and it activates the morphing grids. And Alpha's like, Zordon, quick, step through. You can materialize now. And then his body's dead. Yeah, well, just use, like, energy to matter, dude. Star Trek logic. And so that happens. Zordon disappears for a bit, but then rematerializes and then proudly states that there can be only one Red Ranger and decides to I am to bring... not an asshole anymore. Yeah, he decides to bring Billy back, which is nice. And then... Yeah, why not just take the, nice why not just take the, uh, the blue power coin from the uh, dead Billy, give it to Jason, and then he can become the new Red Ranger? Bit morbid, isn't it? Well, I know, but I mean, up until that point, it's perfectly in character for that Zordon. Yeah, but yeah, Billy comes back and they finally morph and... Finally! Oh, for the first proper time. Stuff. I mean, we've seen Billy morph before for like couple of seconds and before that we saw them in the uh the old ranges in the opening but until now this is the first proper morph and they don't even have morphers either they just automatically do it it's, it's sort of a strange organic process it took so long into the film <sighs> to get it to happen to see, it took like 90 minutes to see power rangers in a power rangers movie and then the film actually becomes fairly decent so they all yeah. step out and they just start fighting a horde of putties i actually had fun at that point they do it in the pit and then they go up and then do it on the cliff yeah, side no they had this great thing when they're fighting in the water like they all kind of link hands and uh, i think like kimberly throws oh them yeah no, like, no 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 they throw kimberly up through one no no like kimberly's in the it. middle like uh, the two on the yeah. side through the two on the e- on the ends and then they all just it's really oh, fun it's such a cool fight and they jump out of the water up the gorge and then land one thing that really bothers me, none of them do the poses, you know, or yeah. no back explosions. There were no poses or explosions, but there was this lovely fight scene on top mm. of the gorge, and it was just satisfying. Although, for some reason, you had Billy spouting one-liners. Previously, Billy said something along the lines of not really getting jokes or humour, and then he's just cracking jokes with the rest of them. I mean, did the resurrection cure his autism? Well, I mean, uh, you can cure Black Manta's autism by Arkham Asylum, so, you know, I guess in fictional land, autism is something you can cure. Ah. Uh, uh, realism. It's it's weird. As soon as they morph, the characters all change. Trini stops being edgy. Uh, Billy stops being quite as autistic. Zack's still an ass, though. Well, yeah, actually, there is a very odd thing during the fight scene. Zack is knocked off back into the pit, and he comes back in the Mastodon Zord and tears into the putties, despite, despite being yeah. told by Zordon, don't, don't escalate. escalate. Never escalate a Until fight. it's forced upon you. And yet, there, there's not even like a monster of the week there. It's just the foot soldiers, and he just drives a Mastodon through them. That's escalation. And it's like, hang on, that is a massive no-no. I really hope that gets worked on in sequels, because he was... Just 
take the power coin from him. That was a really big mistake. Zordon was willing to kick them out just because Billy couldn't repeat and morph. Up until up until now, Zordon would have... No, off you go, Zack. That's inconsistent. And, oh yeah, there's other stuff. So Rita finally gets into the gold mine quarry and then makes Goldar out of liquid gold. Goldar's a mech now, and yeah. Hey, you know what Goldar sounds like? What? Gold. You know what we should make Goldar out of? Brass? I'm beginning to think you're not taking this Power Rangers film seriously. Oh, sorry, we're talking about Saban's Jason David Franks. Oh. Yeah, the Jason David Rangers. It's just weirdly on the nose. I'm not even sure if Goldar is alive in this or not. Like, at times, at times he acts like he's alive. Like, when uh, Rita's injured, like, he picks her up and kind of heals her wounds. Is he alive? I don't know. What what does he come from? Is he just molten gold? Is is there, like, a... Why? Just explain, movie, please. It's just just weird. sort of a semi-sentient construct, like the putties, really. It's just controlled by Rita's will. Hmm. Because there's a scene where she's unconscious and... But she calls him, like, her friend, like, she knew... Is he alive? It's weird. She's an insane space witch who was driven mad by power. That's that. Won't you do that? You'd start calling them your friends, or I'd be I'd be but calling them. my babies. And so then the Rangers see the completed Goldar marching off towards the city. Weirdly small for Power Rangers. And then finally we hear the theme as they hop into the Zords and go, race go, toward uh, it. It just blasts into the original theme tune, and it has such a camp appeal, but it's just so it's satisfying. Like you, it's like you're watching a completely different movie. You've got them heading toward Angel Grove, and then Goldar is causing all this destruction, and surrounded by putties everywhere, and chasing people. And it's it's fun. I like it, and unfortunately, it's the only part of the film I do like. And so, in the last twenty minutes, we actually of get the movie, a decent Power Rangers movie. Yeah, and actually, one thing I noticed when the Rangers enter those olds, it doesn't really show the faceplates. I mean, that was probably there just so you could see the actors acting, like I see know, their emotions and stuff. It's just kind of pointless, you know. Keep your identity secret. We're going to take your helmet, your faceplate off, and your mic with you know clear, very visible Actually, um, cockpits. That was sort of mentioned when, like, in the last part of the film, where Billy's waving and he's like, "Oh wait, hang on, they can't see us." Yeah, but they should be able to. I mean, Maybe it's got blacked out cockpits. No, no, they're, they're clear. You can see through them. They look across. They can see each other in the mechs in the uh, in the cockpits. It's a good thing everyone in Angel Grove is short sighted. Yeah, they've all got extreme cataracts. They can't they can't see properly. And then, so it's a really, really cool action scene of the Rangers and their Zords fighting hordes of putties, which I'm, is fine to escalate because there's so many of them and so many people are in mm. trouble. So that's sort of justified. I think they have more individual Zord action in this film than they do in the entire show. Yeah, and it's so satisfactory because you can see the personalities in how they pilot the Zords. Yeah, it's great. And there's also a really nice scene where Jason's dad is in trouble and his uh, his truck's burning. So he get, gets out of his um, T-Rex and just runs over and helps him. And it's it's just really nice kind of trying to persuade him to come out of the car. It, it's just moments like that where actual Power Rangers stuff kind of shines through. Definitely. And then cutting over to the scene with Rita finding the location of the Krispy Kreme. Got her eating donuts and just waiting while Goldar destroys the place. Even space witches know the joys of Krispy Kremes. She's not totally irredeemable. The town they shot in didn't even have one, so they just had to dress a place up as a Krispy Kreme. Well, if Muhammad won't go to the Krispy Kreme, the Krispy Kreme will go to Muhammad. I wonder how much money they got from that promotion. I think it's most of the uh, film's budget. Yes. So Mecca is now Krispy Kreme. Um, yeah, Everything is Krispy Kreme. That happens. Goldar starts digging a great big pit. Then the Zords engage Goldar, which is actually a really good scene. Yes, they do have great fight scenes with him. We've got some really good fight scenes with Goldar because it shows each of them struggling individually. And then you can see Kimberly as being the actual intelligent one because she picks up the Triceratops. Well, she's the only one who actually uses her Zord strategically. Yeah. Like she's... She uses it to clear things off other mechs. Use it to pick other mechs up and get them out of trouble. Use it to drop the Triceratops onto Goldar. 
are. And that was amazing because it completely incapacitates him slightly, knocks Rita unconscious. It's one of the few times in a film that me suggesting something and it's actually done in the film. Like when I, when I saw her pick her up, pick Triceratops, I was like, just drop it on Goldar, do it. Drop it on Goldar, and it actually did. It's quite a clever thing. It just felt so satisfactory. It's just a shame mm. we had to slog through so much teen drama in order yeah. to get to it. I don't want teen drama in Power Rangers. That's not what it was. It was just squeaky clean teens fighting monsters. That's all I wanted. And so then the team are led into the pits, just trying to fight Goldar off, and then they're all just pushed into it, crushed together, and then with the power of their friendship and stuff, it becomes a really, really cool-looking Megazord. So, cool? I think it was cool. Uh, it's a cool design, but just not for a Megazord. Because I sent a tweet on, the, uh, on, the, on our account about this. The original Megazord was a bloke in a suit that looked like a robot. This is a robot that looks like a bloke in a suit. It just follows the contours of the natural human body too closely for a Megazord. You can't tell which bit comes from which mecha, you know? And then one part I realised then was that the design for Goldar in this movie was sort of based on the design of the Megazord. It's like a mockery. Especially in the head and with the wings oh, yes. and the feet. It's weird. Why didn't she just summon the Dragonzord? Because she's the yeah. Green Ranger. She should have that. Yeah, so Rita then merges with Goldar and there's a pretty decent, though, short fight scene. Hmm. And once the Megazord actually decides to finish Goldar off, it uses the wings from the like Pterodactyl yeah. as a pair of swords and just the, stabs it. It's the Pterodactyl Zord actually does something in this one. Yes, and then Rita has a really satisfying villainous breakdown. Hmm. Where she sort of says, I'm not the only one who will be after it. This is sequel bait. Ah, jumps out toward it. And they just backhand her into space, like straight into orbit. It was wonderful. And I in a scene it. later on, it just shows her drifting toward the moon. Like, yeah, this is going to happen. I don't really have any complaints about the last like 15 minutes or so of it. I, yeah. I was okay with that. That's um, the movie I wanted to see. And so then there's like, yeah, cheering crowds, everything's happy. They're all now happy as teenagers doing their detention times. They have pretty well. Now. Yeah, it even shows like them making their own little logo with lightning bolts. Yeah. And uh, oh, Trini's two brothers are just like, no, I want to be the Yellow Ranger. He's cool. And she's like, how do you know he's a boy? Well, yeah, I mean, she's got like a breastplate. Well, they can't really tell from this distance, though. But yeah, I think that's quite cute. And yeah, it is happens. a nice little nod to the whole kind of, you know, um, Trini boy thing. Oh yeah, and then there's um, and then there's a scene with uh, Zach and his mother playing chess, and then talking about what happened. Yeah, she was talking about how cool the Rangers were and stuff like that. It's sweet. I wish I liked Zach more as a character because I would have really liked that thing he has with his mum. And so yeah, that's the film. And well, actually, after the credits, there was a hint to Tommy where oh. Zach, <laughs> not Zach Galifianakis, was like Tommy Oliver, Tommy Oliver, Tommy Oliver. Where where is Tommy Oliver? Tommy Oliver. Tommy Oliver. Is Jason David Frank here? Hello, Jason David Frank. Oh, we didn't mention the. Uh, the cameo oh, yeah. with Amy Jo Johnson and Jason David Frank, which, funnily enough, he was kicked out for, for trying to uh, record people's reactions to it. They're there in the crowd and they just take pictures of the Megazord on their phone. It's, it's weirdly meta. Jason uh, David Frank is trying to take a picture of people reacting to Jason David Frank reacting to a Megazord. Okay, so going on to each individual character, Red, bland. Yeah, pretty middle of the road. Um, he's established pretty early on as being a decent chap, but he's still bland. Yeah. Next. Next. <laughs> um... Billy Autistic Pretty nice Yeah bit, Probably my favourite ranger Bit cringy But he definitely feels like the favourite Because he genuinely felt like He was a group of friends He's a genuinely nice person And he really feel like He appreciates his friends Next <laughs> Kimberly Feels organic Feels the most organic Out of all of them 
Horrible backstory, though. I don't want that in Power Rangers. Yeah, revenge porn backstory was kind of meh. She's very clever, Why? was actually the best one to use the Zords. Weirdly enough, more strategic than Billy was. Well, Billy was a different kind of smarts. Kimberly seemed like she'd be the best one in the field. Hey, you'd think that as a you know, as a football player jock type, that um, Jason would have been the better one for strategy, like team plays and all that kind of thing. Especially as being the team leader, too. Yeah, but he's also rusty because he busted his eye and he's stuck in detention the whole time. Of course, the, the knee is where the uh, a football player's uh, brain is stored. Yeah, once you take an arrow That's into it. <laughs> I used to be a football player like you, and then I took a truck to the knee. Um, so yeah, next character, Trini, hardly edgy. developed. Edgy. Edgy. Edgy, edgy standoffish, um, obstinate, don't like it much. Rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, so that's about it for Trini. Zach! Ass. Absolute ass. I think his thing is that he's he doesn't like to um, stop to think too much about things because he's scared of losing his mum, and so he acts out and things like that. But please, make him more endearing with it, and less of an ass. Because he breaks Zordon's rules on two occasions. You know, he breaks the whole personal gain thing, he steals the uh, Macedon to go for a joyride and then comes back. Nothing's made of it. Also, again, escalates needlessly. And he's also like, I'm crazy for the sake of crazy. I'm going to try and pull Trini. And it's just so crude. Doesn't he say he has, like, anger issues as well? Yeah. I get that these teen- that means they're meant to be more, like, realistic teenagers and have issues like real teenagers do. Teenagers with mental illness. I don't want realistic teenagers in a Power Rangers movie. I don't want realism in a Power Rangers movie. That's not what I come to Power Rangers to see. Zordon's an asshole. Like, a, a, an asshole. Needlessly, oh, yeah. needlessly douchey to the Rangers. I can get why he's frustrated, but at the same time, that's not how Zordon was in the show. In the show, he was more kind of, he was benign, um, kind of gentle, paternalistic, more nurturing. In this one, he's reminds me a little bit of J.K. Simmons in Whiplash. I mean, he's not quite as bad as that. He doesn't slap the Rangers in the face, but he's yeah. still well, yeah, he, comparably he does overbearing. banish them to the training pit where they fight putties. Yeah. It's odd to note that his demeanour didn't change even after being near them for over a week. He was very goal-focused. He's like, right, seriously, Rita's back. I need you to morph. Just morph as quickly as possible. He didn't really care about them as people yeah. because he was introduced to them as like, okay, they're teenagers, children. Right, okay, I'm back. He doesn't really care about anything else other than, oh crap, Rita's back. It's disappointing. It's sad. I like Alpha. I like Alpha. He's pretty much, he's pretty in line, except for, you know, doesn't have the same high-pitched voice and say, I, 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 as gratuitously as original Alpha 5 did. Alpha 5 was the best character in this movie. You're ignoring Billy's mum. Well, aside from based Billy's mum, Alpha had been alone for 65 million years. You can understand he'd go a little bit nuts, but they don't do much in the film to build on that because obviously he's speaking quickly. He's really excited about them being there. He's got quirks when talking to them during the training bits and just seems like a nice character you'd want to hear more of his opinions on. I like this Alpha. He's, he's nice. He's a genuinely nice character in a film devoid of too many nice characters. He's like the least annoying Alpha. And yeah, actually. They do make nods to the whole I I I thing just as an exasperated like, just like aye, aye, aye. Instead of just, ay ay ay, rangers. And he just seems the mo- he actually seems like the most organic character, despite being a CGI robot. <laughs> With a little bear belly. He just takes a drinking to pass the, uh, these centuries. Wouldn't you? He's playing uh, the Jason David Frank drinking game. <laughs> He's listening to this podcast. But no, um, Rita Repulsa is another one that I really don't like. It's, really? I don't like her as Rita. She's a fine villain for not being Rita, you know? Also, just the, uh, the weird brown costume she wears at the beginning... Weirdly revealing. I don't like seeing Rita's chest because I keep thinking of Rita from the show, and it's just weird. <laughs> Great big pointy Madonna boobs. She reminds me of Enchantress a bit, at least design-wise, from uh, from Suicide Squad. Oh yeah. She's just too 
crazy and ooh, I'm gonna eat you, I'm gonna kill your face. Yeah. Well, I think that's one thing they did okay was that they kept her consistently insane. Sure, she's consistently crazy. But she I, was batty. I don't want her to be batty. I mean, the even during the scenes in the beginning where she's just killing people and robbing places, she's in the mindset that she was in the last 20 minutes of the film. I don't think Elizabeth Banks knew what kind of film she was acting in. She was acting in a completely different film, and it's a film that I would much rather have watched. I mean, if everyone else hammed it up as much as she did, that would have made an excellent Power Rangers movie. She knew exactly how seriously to take the uh, concept of the movie. Unfortunately, everyone else was take, trying to play it straight, except for her. They played it so dark and serious, and she was like, I'm going to build Goldar and steal the Zeo Crystal. Make my monster grow. She actually says that when building him. That's just like, you can tell that she put effort into that role. I would have liked her as a different villain, and I just, can I just take that character out of that film, put it in a different one and just enjoy that one more. Anyway, Billy's mum. Yeah, she was nice. She freaks out when she sees Jason because, hang on, why is this person here to see my son? Local celebrity. Also, he's friends with my son. Also jerked off a ball. Were there any other characters aside from not, is that Galifianakis and, um... Jason's disappointed dad with a beard. I don't know if it was intentional or not, but they got someone who looked a bit like Austin St. John to play Jason's dad. He's got, oh, yeah. like, he's got like the brow and the slightly concerned look of Austin St. John. Uh, he's also got Austin St. John's beard too. The action, what little there is of it, is fun. It's nicely done. I do like that kind of um, kick that Billy does to begin with. Oh, yeah. Like he's just like, several kicks and then stands normally again. It's, it's, it's nice. The fights during the training scenes are okay because you see them growing and developing. Yeah. So first they start taking beatings and you see Billy just having a little bit of a fight with Alpha 5 and just yeah. eventually starts to hit. It just seems like they're actually growing. So if you cut out all the teen drama and just leave more action scenes. It makes sense to have a training montage since none of these people are martial artists. The closest anyone gets is Trini doing yoga. And I don't think she can cleanse their auras at them, you know? Yeah, but does she activate their almonds? The fight scenes themselves are satisfactory. They don't have the 90s over-the-top <laughs> thing. Yeah, they don't, you don't have like a... What did uh, Jason David Frank's Jason David Frank Ranger do? Like he did like a, a corkscrew kick or something like that. Like, yeah, and that's the one thing that's lacking. It definitely looks like a CGI on CGI fight. Well, modern CGI on CGI, so <laughs> yeah. not as bad as the 95 movie. Did they make physical Ranger suits? I'm not sure. because I, th I think they might have, or at least I th something I think to they must have. But the way the suits are designed, they don't look real. No, no, they did. I remember seeing back uh, behind the scenes things. They've got the uh, the chest things. They've got those, um, you know, those weird little logos they put on um, oh, yeah. motion capture actors, like when they're wearing those grey suits. They have those on them and the bits at the side there. So yeah, I do think they have physical ones and they look fine for physical suits, but they don't look fine as adaptations of the um, the Mighty Morphin Zhu Ranger suits. I'm okay with it. Get out. The head designs are meant to represent the animals. The only one that does that is oh, the red yeah. one. The others all look exactly the same. They're generic. It's ugly to look at, overcomplicated. I just want something simple and nice to look at. It's just not nice to look at. At the end of the day, that's my main complaint. Not that it's different to the uh, Mighty Morphin suits, just that they're not well designed and they're just not nice to look at. One thing I found in the progress of the film, I know we, we've we been joking a lot about the product placement, but Power Rangers, but every time they see Krispy Kreme, it becomes a better film. It really does. Every time it's mentioned, suddenly, hang on, this is more of a Power Rangers movie. They've got the Zords. Oh, another Krispy Kreme. Hey, they've got this fight scene. Yeah, it's it's weird. Like, you pointed out in the cinema and I thought, ah, he's just joking. And then they said a second time and the movie improved. I was like, oh. Rex was right. It, it was so strange. Every time it was mentioned, the drama got better, like none of this team the drama The pacing stuff. sped up. It's insane, but it works. And this is further proof that Krispy Kreme is God. The pacing of the film was absolutely pants. Glacial. A, a lot of it. it. 
was just all this teen drama crap. And I'm really hoping at some point, someone with a lot of time of his hands, who is an absolute saint, so maybe some bloke from M or yes. something, would just cut the film down into like a 40 minute short movie. It would make showing... a great episode. You could yeah. cut it down into like 23 minutes. and oh, would... 23, like 40 minutes. Just barely go through the individual bits about the characters, show the training montages, action scenes, hmm. and then it would make a very good short film. Yeah, it would. I'd be down with that. But as a feature... One other thing that bugged me so much is... The amount of coincidence that goes into it. The Zero Crystal just so happens to be in Angel Grove. Uh, the teenagers just so happen to mostly be in detention together. They just so happen to all be in the quarry together, the mine together. They just so happen to discover the power coins together. The power coins just so happen to choose them. Rita just so happens to revive them at the same time. It kind of takes you out of the movie when everything happens because of coincidence. Well, it could just be fate. It could have perhaps been like the but power coins calling to everyone, like the yeah. blue one calling to Billy. Like that's why he had an obsession. I would have liked it if they mentioned that. You know, but you know, Zordon doesn't say you were destined to find these well, coins. They've been calling to you. He did say they chose them. Yeah, I said they chose them, but it didn't say that. It's just too coincidental, and it just makes me feel like. You know, why, why should I bother being invested in this if everything happens due to coincidence? Nothing happens organically. This feels like something they'd explain in the sequel, but I'm just sad it's at the state where it has to have a sequel to justify it. Yes, at this point I'm just waiting for the sequel to improve on things, and you shouldn't have that. A film should stand on its own, even if it's an adaptation. I know I'm the, the grumpy one in this. I hate it, and I kind of like to get to hell. But I mean, all things considered, you know, everything, you know, take away all my nostalgia. I, and I can do that. I can be professional enough to do that. I still hate it based on its own merits because it's just it's ugly to look at the characters are unlikable the pacing is awful and it only gets good right at the very end that shouldn't be how a movie works so i mean that's what we'd do differently i mean personally i'd change most of it i'd change the characters i'd have jason still be a jock i'd make more of his injury as well i'd make it so that he was injured like chasing down a mugger or something like that and because he has to leave the team he kind of loses his um sense of identity i just think that having jason involved in a dumb prank seems a bit crude it's a bit too like yeah wild teenagers when yeah, in fact let's, he let's, was otherwise completely fine he was otherwise just an okay popular dude but yeah. then why did they need to include that they could have had it something more virtuous that behavior is from a, a character who is more douchey than we see jason being uh, Billy, he'd, he'd still be eccentric. I'm not sure if I'd make him autistic. But he'd be kind of isolated because of that, and his development would come in making friends. Uh, with Kimberly, I'd have her be one of the popular girls. I wouldn't have the whole friendship drama thing. But I would have her kind of lose like a sense of identity in the popular things and popular girl click and just kind of feel like, this isn't where I want to be. I want to do something different. Uh, with Trini, I'd, I'd still have her be like the perpetual new girl, and her character development would be in learning to trust people more. With Zach, keep the old mother thing. But and kind of keep the not taking things too seriously, but make him endearing with it and have him confront his problems and overcome them and overcome his fears at the end of it. With Zordon, don't make him an ass. Uh, don't make him the previous Red Ranger either. Make him the previous team's um, leader, uh, mentor type, like he is with these ones, and have him kind of lose faith in himself and regain that because uh, the previous um, Rangers died and he kind of feels a bit bad about himself. As for the main plot, you can keep most of it the same as far as Rita's concerned. Have her look for a Cyclopsis, though, instead of Zeo Crystal. Uh, may give her a crew back, you know, Finster, Squat and Babu, and Goldar and all that lot to helping her. Just make the main plot about her getting um, Cyclopsis so she can take on the Power Rangers and find the Zeo Crystal later. My main issue is having the Rangers being formed in response to Rita coming up, so it's not a coincidence Zordon's doing it out of necessity. In the sequel, do you think they'll have Rita meet with the rest of them, or would they include a different villain? 
Because maybe they might include Zed or something, but they'd have think, to do it from a different perspective. I think it's almost certain that Zed is going to turn up in the sequel. He's one of the most popular villains of the series. He's iconic. I think... I do hope they'll include Rita's gang. She'll recruit them or something like that. I hope. I don't think so, but I hope. I want it. Fingers crossed. They, well, they'll obviously go into the Machine Empire later on because yes, she even does in this movie, she was like, oh, there are going to be even more threats. And they do mention the Zeo Crystals straight off the bat. So I do think they're going to adapt the next few seasons along because they have like six or seven films planned. They're going so. to finish the In Space arc. I, I, I think feeling. that, yeah. I'm morbidly curious to see how they adapt the uh, like the Zeo suits or the Turbo suits or anything like that. I mean, it's easy to complain about things, so it's it's nice, I think, when people actually offer suggestions for how to improve the film that they hate. So I'm not just one of those uh, guys on Reddit who's like, it sucks because it's, it's different. Cause it does suck because it's different, but it also sucks based on its own merit as well. And there are ways to improve it, like cutting down the running time and making it shorter. That's pretty much all I'd really suggest. Just make it shorter. Please. It would do fine as a short film. I mean, yeah. I mean, the less time you spend with the characters, the less you have to hate about them. Looking at you, Zach. Oh God, I really hope Zach gets in trouble in the next film. Just Please. by bringing up the whole escalating thing. Zach, just don't be an ass. The Jason David Frank would not want this. Actually, that's one thing we need to suggest for the sequels. More Jason David Frank. Everyone is played by Jason David Frank. You know what? I bet Jason David Frank kind of petitioned someone to have him play Zordon. Power Rangers, but every time they say Krispy Kreme, the film gets better and everyone's voice is replaced by Jason David Frank. See? Hiya! Actually, I could do that. I'm just going to dub his fight sounds over oh, everyone's dialogue. dialogue. And yes. that would improve it by like 50%. Only 50%. He ain't that great an actor. Yeah, and the film's not that good. Looking at you, Krispy Kreme. Looking at them objectively, side to side, they're both not good movies. They aren't the best. You know, uh, both have pacing issues. They both have tonal issues as well. I just prefer the uh, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie. I'm not sure if that's nostalgia or not, but it's got a lighter tone. It looks nicer. CGI notwithstanding. It basically comes down to which one do I have more fun watching? I have more fun watching the 90s one. In contrast, I preferred the ending of the 2017 one. I just liked the final fight more because, well, the CGI was better. <laughs> it was yeah, more satisfying. You get a much better film if you cut the uh, the final fight in the new one into the in place of the old one and just had them as the same movie. Just get rid of the horrible big shiny chrome thing and replace it with White the human shaped Q Reno that was in the 2017 one. Yeah, they had the uh, they had the cockpits on the front of I the know, chest they around. They were the... also controlling each individual limb, and that was cool. Yeah, I guess, but. It just kind of sucks when the first thing the Megazord does is just topple over. Like, please, let it, it was be a fun. Let it look cool. It's like the first um, morph in Ninja Storm, where they um, they get it all wrong, and it just please look cool. Anyway, so this has been our Mighty Morphin Krispy Kreme... Jason David Frank special. Uh, I'm Jason David Rex, and this was Jason David Ranger joining me. And our true sponsors, despite being subject to the Empire of Krispy Kreme... Was were... Krispy Kremes? No, they are tokutoystore.com. Please check them out. They've got a lovely selection of toys and stuff available. Unfortunately, and... no Krispy Kremes. Oh, for the love of God. And you can also catch us on www.crispycream.com. Spandexpowerarmor.com And you can also like us on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud and YouTube And we'd also like to send out a fond get well soon to Jeremy from Toku Toy Store Hang in there, buddy So, this is Rex signing off Stay Krispy Kreme Always eat your Krispy Kremes